Eat up with tax, don't know what to do The Bryson's are here for you We know every tip and trick A serious tax talk with a Louisiana twist well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Talkin' Tax. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and we've got the stars of the show. That's Mr. Carrie Bryson and Miss Angie Bryson of the Bryson Law Firm. They're joining us momentarily for another tax-related discussion today. Uh, but first, look, I want to kind of frame up what it is that we're going to be getting into today, um, You know, well, and also a few housekeeping items. First and foremost, if you are coming aboard and joining us now here on the Facebook live stream, welcome. We're happy to have you aboard. One of the great parts about the Facebook live stream is the fact that you're here live and we're here live. So if you want to ask a question or leave a comment, feel free to drop that in the box below. We'll carve out some time throughout the show to get some of those questions answered. We'd love to obviously answer any of your questions pertaining to the topic of, uh, of conversation today. Uh, but if you're on the flip side, maybe you're checking this episode after the fact, uh, whether it be on YouTube or a podcasting platform, all the same. We appreciate you being here. We would love to have you back maybe on the next Facebook live stream so you can get any of your questions answered in real time. Now, that being said, uh, we got a cool topic lined up for you guys today. If you joined us for our last episode, you'd know that we took a deep dive really into step one, if you will, of the Bryson's overall tax resolution process. Well, they call it their discovery. You know, they, they break it down into a handful of different helpful phases. You know, we're talking about engagement and onboarding, right? That Those initial conversations. But then really, they start to get into the nitty gritty of your, your specific tax-related circumstance Look through a transcript analysis, comprehensive financial review, so on and so forth. Today, though, we're moving beyond that discovery process. We're moving beyond the topic that we chatted about in our last episode. We're moving into part two, really, of their overall you know, tax resolution process. This part two being monitoring and compliance. I don't want to steal any thunder from Carrie and Angie, so let's go ahead and bring them aboard, get today's conversation rolling, and get into this idea of monitoring and compliance. Carrie and Angie, welcome aboard. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Good morning. Doing well. Doing well. Good We're morning. Doing great. Hey, it's great to great to see you guys. Great to have you back here. Uh, let's let's get into it. Monitoring and compliance. So, uh, you know, hey, we've moved past the discovery process with our hypothetical client. We're now moving in to part two. This idea of monitoring and compliance. Give us a high level overview, maybe to start. Uh, you know, where what's your thoughts and you know this process really unfolding with part two of monitoring and compliance? Where do, where do we begin? What's the point of all this? Well, you want to do it? Yeah. Well, at, you know, at this point, like you said, we, you know, we've got the client figured out. You know, we kind of know everything. We probably know more about the client now than the client knows about themselves, at least on their, their accounting books and financially. And their financially. Yeah. yeah, financially. Yeah. Uh, sometimes not, though. Sometimes it gets into other things. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so now, you know, we, we've, we've set our case plan and we're really implementing the case plan. But there is an important step. Uh, and, that, and that's why we put it here. You know, there's a very important step before we get into resolving the case. And a lot of clients are, you know, are thinking, okay, let's just go solve the case. Well, you can't because you got to prepare yourself for resolution. Because if, if if you go too early, if you go prematurely, you're really costing a lot of effort, time, and you you're, you're wasting a lot. Because the IRS is, if if you're not ready for resolution, if you're not current compliant, and you're not in the proper posture to to resolve your case, then after a four month delay, because it takes them that long to figure everything out, they're going to just send it back one day and say, oh, you weren't, you're not current, you're not compliant. And then you're four months down the road and you're that much further along. So a uh, very important step uh, 
is kind of is uh, it's kind of a preparation for resolution step. I call it getting everybody ready. And then you'd be surprised. Uh, it's it's little simple things, you know, like just making estimated tax payments to start that process, because you know we we want every. It's like I tell clients all the time, you know, when you come in, I want the, your tax problem to be an old problem. We don't want it to be an ongoing problem. I can't fix ongoing problems. I can only solve old problems. So I've got to make your problem old. I can't make it current and new. So I got to make sure from here forward that you're good. You're, you're doing everything right. We're perfect. So then when by the time you get to the IRS, because it's going to take them months and months and months to look at it, it's an old problem. Because if not, then naturally the IRS is going to say, well, why, why would we solve this case? He's just going to default right again. It's going to go right back. And in some cases, they're actually true, you know. So it, it, it's a good step and it's an important step. And, uh, you know, uh, a step that we do spend some time on to make sure clients understand how to be current and compliant. You know, Kerry, we, we've heard the double C is current and compliant. I feel like on just about every conversation that we have had on this show. And if there's one thing I could bottom line really for our audience is the importance of of being current and compliant. So let's let's get into this monitoring and compliance process here for you guys. That starts with phase one, this idea, the accounting and the tax returns. Angie, you want to maybe shed some light on on what phase one looks like for us in this process? Sure. Uh, I, I mean, you know, in the discovery phase, we will typically do a, um, a deep dive into uh, the number of tax returns, if any, that need to be filed. So if you have, if you have um, some time frames or time periods, if you're a business or an individual where the returns were not filed or, not, um, or maybe they were lost by the IRS and so they're not filed, um, we will start diving into identifying those tax periods for you. So um, once we get a list of those, essentially, then we need to start from the beginning, right? So we've got to get your accounting correct uh, and accurate so that we can prepare the tax returns accurately for, for the client um, and make sure that, on a, you know, it's the, the exercise here is really to minimize the tax bill within the legal parameters that the IRS gives us, right? So uh, if we've got good accounting, um, then we can begin and we can have the tax returns prepared uh, either in-house with our sister company, Bryson Accounting, or we'll work with a CPA that the client may have on board or another tax preparer. So um, that's really the, the, the very beginning of this process uh, to, to identify the accounting needs, get them working, uh, get some good numbers, and then plug those in with all of the other information we have into the tax returns and, and work on getting those filed. Uh, and once that's done, then you can you can move on to be, becoming compliant, essentially. Mm -hmm. So quick, quick uh, question of clarification for you then, Angie. Do you at the Bryson Law Firm, do you help f physically file those tax returns or is that something that uh, the client needs to, you know, like you said, work with their CPA on? Uh, talk to me about this. So um, we do have a sister company, Bryson Accounting and Tax. We call it BATS. Um, that works hand in hand integrally with Bryson law firm, um, to assist our clients. And, you know, there's, there's some historical context for, you know, the creation of our sister company that maybe Carrie can, can help me shed some light on, but a lot of, um, a lot of our clients don't have CPAs and they don't have preparers, uh, because they, they've either done them themselves or, uh, their mm -hmm. CPAs have moved on or, or whatnot. So we created, uh, Carrie and I created Bryson Accounting and Tax as really a, a 
companion and to help our clients uh, stay stay com- stay compliant once they get there and to get them to that to that place. Um, you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, you know, um, a lot of our cases come from CPAs. So of course, if they have a CPA, we're, you know, we're not going to get involved. Sure. I mean, we don't. I don't. You know. We'll that's, assist. Yeah, I'll assist and help the CPA. Yeah. Uh, or even, uh, but a lot of times, you know, what happened? Just to give you a, a brief story about how this company was started, um, I had several. You know, of course, we have several, several friends who are CPAs, and if you call a CPA and tell them that you have seven years of tax returns <laughs> that you want filed, um, most of them are going to tell you no. Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's not what they do. Or if they do do it, I found they'll say, okay, yeah, I should be glad to help. And they'll take it and they will take forever to get the returns filed. And this is priority. This, this compliance step is not a forever step for us. We're trying to get the case resolved and I can't go forward until I get all those returns filed. So for me to be sit here, to sit here waiting on someone to file the returns, uh, does become problematic because, um, I mean, simply, I mean, just, just if the IRS files a levy while there's an unretired uh, and uh, when there's uh, returns that are not filed, it's very, very difficult for us to get relief from that levy. Extremely difficult. If all the returns are filed and we're moving along, much, much easier for us to get, get relief. So if we're waiting on a CPA and we've been waiting, been waiting, in the meantime, I'm telling the IRS I'll have these returns. Right. The CPA told me I'll have them by the end of the month. I'll have them by the end of the month. End of the month comes and goes. Well, this, the IRS is thinking, oh, they're just playing games. Boom, they'll file a levy, and then I'm like, oh, not a lot of leniency so there. That's yeah. kind of yeah. that's how the company originated. Really, was we got caught in that trap. Well, we uh, wanted to make filing a priority for our clients. Mm-hmm. You know, for, if they were on board with Bryson Law Firm, um, we can control the pace of the way. I mean, within reason, the way that our returns are prepared. So if, you know, if if um, you know, Gary Bryson needs a tax return today, all of a sudden it's kind of on fire. We can expedite that. And, you know, he will jump in priority to someone else within our company who might need the return next week. Um, and, you know, it's really a, a, a wonderful companion um, and a- service to our clients. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would say it sounds, I mean, it sounds like a real perk for the clients, you know, the ability to, to escalate that process. Yeah, yeah, within reason. Um, all right, so so here we are. We're rolling through the accounting and the tax returns. This idea of achieving compliance, which is phase two of this whole, you know, step in the process. Achieving compliance. Talk to me about what this looks like. You know, once you you know go through the accounting and file those maybe those back taxes or the the tax returns, do you get a big golden letter from the IRS that says, "Hey, you're compliant"? How does compliance work, and how do you know when you've achieved that? So, you know, compliance is is really the perfection of what we've done in phase one, right? So we've prepared the returns, done the accounting, prepared the returns, and we filed them. Um, compliance is confirming that with the IRS uh, that those returns have been lodged timely, um, uh, properly uh, by tax period. Uh, the balances are what they should be. If there are any balances, the payments have been posted properly. Uh, to those tax periods, and uh, that everything is ripe and ready, kind of neatly packaged, uh, ready for resolution. And we have a bottom line number that we're trying to to handle. Uh, so once you know you've got six years, we add up all those numbers, we make sure they're correct, and we get a we get a number that we can deal with. And and oftentimes our resolution is dependent on the amount of that number. 
Um, you know, there are other issues too that you might want to talk about with regard to SFRs and I mean, it's sort of off topic, but when you, if someone's had a return prepared for them by the IRS, which is clearly a whole nother kind of side issue, then they may have a balance due. That's not, it's not accurate. Um, and we'll replace those returns and, and bring those numbers down hopefully for, for the client. Uh, so essentially it's making sure they were filed, payments were posted, the numbers are proper, um, and we are ready and ripe with the IRS to, to, to make a, a resolution proposal, our plan, a final final step towards towards the next podcast, essentially. <laughs> Roger that. And, you know, so as I'm, uh, you know, I've got my my overview, really, of this monitoring and compliance process in front of me. I see after you've achieved compliance, before we roll into really step three, which is the tax resolution plan, which obviously there's a lot for us to unpack in that conversation, which will likely be our next episode. But before we move into resolution, we walk into phase three of monitoring compliance, and that's account monitoring. Talk to me about what account monitoring is, why you do it, and why it's important uh, before rolling into resolution itself. Uh, mainly, I, I would say account monitoring is is what we're doing. Basically, is making sure everything we've done in this step and previously is is on the re- is is in the IRS file, because oftentimes, especially if clients uh, like somebody, uh, some someone that doesn't know better, will will take six tax returns mm-hmm. and just put them in one envelope, something that simple and mail them in. Well, if the IRS gets six tax returns, they're going to take the top tax return. And the, the rest of them are going in the trash. They're going to process the first one. So you got to know, you got to make sure eating in, in, you know, we know to mail them, you know, one day at a time, you don't mail them all at one time. You got to spread them out separately. And then you got to make sure that they actually get processed by the IRS. I know right now because of COVID, the IRS is yeah. six, six months behind. We have clients getting letters, you know, where, where's you need to file this tax return. Well, it was filed six months ago. Yeah. And they're just waiting on the processing from the IRS. Uh, I think they finally issued something today, today. or something that yes. said they're going to stop sending the nasty letters out Where's because they realize their backlog. Return? I mean, after all this time. Right. But right. anyway, um, so, yeah, so it's a very important step because, you know, people think, well, I, you know, I have people tell me all the time, I file that tax return mm-hmm. and I'll go, we can look at the account records and see. And well, if you filed it, it's not processed yet. So you need to give me a copy and we got to resign it. We're going to, we're going to make sure it gets processed. And, and, and that, um, what Angie hit on too, um, very importantly was that SFR process. And people don't realize that, um, you know, when you don't file a tax return, you know, the IRS is, it, it has a very few options. Okay. And, and people think that a lot of people think, well, I just won't file. I'll get away with this or, I, run I, under know, radar. or I'm not going to get, you know, they won't come after me for a while. And it's really not, that's really not what happens. You know, when you don't file a tax return, that's, that's criminal. I mean, it actually is, is, is a crime to not file a tax return. It's yeah. not a crime to owe the government tax uh, liabilities. No debtor's it's, prison. Yeah, yet. it's a crime to not file the tax return. And it's, 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 I mean, it's one year for each unfiled return. So those penalties can add up quick. Now, it's not often done. It is rare. And it's usually used, you know, it's added on to some sentence when they have somebody else. Uh, because it's a very hard, you know, it's a very hard defense. If from a from legal standpoint, either you filed or you didn't. You know, it's a very hard thing. So... When they when they try to get you for tax fraud and tax of this, and they also have a couple of tax returns you didn't file, where well, they already got you. It's right. one year for each return, so you're already staring at two or three years. And then you got well, you know, they want you to plead to this, so you know it's used as a real strong hammer. Um, the the second thing they can do, uh, what Angie alluded to, is they can file the return for you. It's called a substitute for return, and once they do that, that becomes your tax return. 
And I have never in my life, I mean, it's just 25 years of doing this, ever seen an, a substitute that was correct. And it's never correct in favor of the, of, of the taxpayer. It's always, it's always going to be elevated in favor of the government. Go figure. So, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's extremely elevated, usually. So, um, and the third thing they'll do uh, is they, they will do and they'll wait and they'll give you time, you know, some more time they can wait. But they're going to do one of those three things. Uh, and when they do that SFR, like I said, that becomes your tax liability. They can start collecting that. They legally can collect That's that tax. That's why they do it. Even though they know it's wrong. They could collect the tax. It starts the thing. So you have to fix that. And by fixing it, you, like I said, that becomes your return. So you can no longer file your original return anymore. You have to file you know, basically an, an, an yeah, amended return. You can't. Well, no, it's not. It's not, not amended. But it is. It's not amended either. It's, 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 it's actually what we call an audit return. Yes. So what we do, we're actually triggering an audit for that tax year to get it corrected. Because, I mean, it is a real simple fix. But you actually have to mail it to a certain department and get it to a certain process. And it actually, they actually open an audit for that tax year. Then, of course, they just replace your return. So you, you basically do an original return, and you've got to mark, do some markings on it to indicate that it's for an audit, and you send it. There. It's a process, and it's yes. not an easy. It's not something easy to fix unless you absolutely know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, yeah. you know, of course, it's it is going to the audit department. So you don't you don't want a you want a pretty good return. You don't want a bad return. <laughs> Right. Goes so, back, you know. That goes back to phase one. So, you know, one of the reasons why we have phase one in this part is to make sure the, the accounting and tax numbers are, are correct. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it does drill down that that beginning of this process. And it's important to have good numbers. Yes. yes. Sure. I mean, our clients get frustrated with us sometimes because we ask them for so much information. Right. So it feels like we're just probing every every part of their lives and financially. But uh, for us, the due diligence is is paramount, yes. you know, because we do want to make the tax bill as low as possible within the legal parameters given to us, right? Um, sure. And yeah. Then, yeah, and then like I said, that that's where the monitoring will come in when you're waiting for an SFR to process or you're waiting for something to get done. You have to watch these accounts because we can well, tell from our side, you know, we can tell when the IRS is starting to do things. They're starting to move. They're going to start collecting. They'll start this, and then we can be a, Well, that's also part of the yeah, monitoring. We can, so, that's what I said. We're part of the monitoring phase. Yeah. We could be a little you know, preemptive and hopefully head some stuff off uh, before you know levies or liens and everything mm -hmm. start working. Liens, you really can't head off. I mean, it's really mostly levies before they start collecting that tax. You sure. can kind of get it off by you know monitoring the account for a period of time. Yeah, I mean if there's a if there's a situation where you have a, of some years filed with balances due and other years, uh, that's an interesting part. We you know the look back period we we haven't really talked about that, but um, if there are balances due for some periods, we've got to watch those and baby babysit those to make sure that no collection activity happens while we're waiting for those other years to process. Um, within the IRS system, so part of the monitoring is not just monitoring for the old for the new periods that we're filing returns for. Um, mm -hmm. It's also to make sure that the client's not at risk and to hopefully minimize their risk by making voluntary payments or appealing any notices that come in uh, in the interim while we're waiting for the whole package to be completed. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts in terms of monitoring it sounds very simple but it's not as it's not just like um what you would envision as pulling a transcript and looking at it uh we sure. there's some strategy that happens case by case 
Um, yeah, current and compliant. I mean, that's that's where people want to be. And in order to get there, you know, you've got to you got to stay on top of your records. But also when when you fall behind a little bit, there there are tax professionals like you guys to be able to assist. Because, I mean, just running through all of the various outcomes that I know we've talked about, not only in this episode, but in past episodes of what can happen when that tax bill racks up or the issues continue to stack upon themselves. Uh, it's daunting. You know, it can it can feel it can feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and boy does it help to have somebody in your corner uh guys that being said when it comes to this idea of monitoring and compliance i know this is relatively a, sh a shorter episode for us just because this is a shorter process as a whole within your tax resolution process but any any final thoughts uh you know in regards to this this monitoring compliance and the importance of really, uh, you know, getting compliant, allowing you guys to monitor the accounts, make sure that everything is ready for a resolution. Any final thoughts before we, uh, before we part ways and say goodbye to our audience today? Say it every time, start, do something. Yes. Uh, because until we get to, to the ball rolling, you know, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be afraid and there's going to be some fear there. Um, yeah. just start. And, and I, I, I just, uh, Going off what Angie said last time, since we have a little bit, uh, because it comes up a lot, and I don't know if we've ever really talked about it on any of these episodes. You know, in the IRS world, you know, each year is its own separate account. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that commonly is is misunderstood. If people think that you know, well, the because so the IRS, you can owe you know a hundred thousand dollars for for five years, but one year is just five thousand dollars. But that year is the active collective year. The IRS can just collect on this one year and just, I mean, they're not ready to collect on that. So it's, it's really is the kind of an understanding people always, people miss this a lot, you know, thinking, well, you know, they owe this, but it's really a lot of times you can get in here and you can do something in this one year, create, an, uh, uh, you know, something and, and stop collection for the one year and you've got everything else held at bay. So it's really kind of that, you know, it's the realization that it is each individual account adds up to the whole. Now, of course, when you resolve it, you got to resolve each individual account year. You can't do one year and not leave one off. You have to do every year that has a liability. But for collections, they Strategy. don't they don't have to collect that way. They can collect how they choose piecemeal. on on piecemeal years. Yeah. So I just want to make that point because a lot of people misunderstand that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just something I don't think we've ever spoken. A about. lot of practitioners yeah. don't understand it as well. I mean, so the only other thing I would add is typically the compliance period is six years. So we are looking at looking back six years. So if you've got unfiled returns um, for a long time, the IRS is typically typically going to back, look back for at least six. Um, but the criminal element is always there. So we've got the civil side, which we're dealing with in terms of resolving, getting things paid. And But the criminal element is there. Um, and we'll evaluate the risk to the client and give them, you know, good advice on how far to, how many, how far back to look uh, or to become compliant. Those are the big I mean, ones. Yeah, well, there you have it. I mean, a ton of great information packed into today's episode, guys. Uh, for for anybody in our audience that, you know, this conversation is really resonating. They're thinking about the years that maybe they they didn't file or, or the idea of current and compliant, just how that might be a weight off their shoulders. Maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to just start the conversation. You guys said it yourselves. Just start. Just do start. something. If that looks like just a kickoff call, something to get that process rolling, to reach out to you and your team, what would be the best way that you would want our audience to know how they can get in touch with you guys to, to get that ball rolling? I would say Pick go up the to phone. Yeah, BrysonLawFirm.com. 
and there's there's phone numbers on there to call, or you could fill out a, uh, inquiries on website, the, on the yeah. website itself, and just send it. Just make contact. Either way, send an email, send the contact, send, make a phone call. I mean, we have a know. pretty stellar uh, yeah. onboarding team. Um, you know, all of our team is is stellar, but I mean, we've got a really good, easy system for onboarding. Um, good to know. Because yeah. of that, people are scared, and I don't. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, look, I appreciate you carving some time out of your busy day to be with us on the show this morning to talk about this idea of monitoring monitoring and compliance. I know we're going to dive into the different resolution strategies available and what that third part really of the tax resolution process looks like for you guys. But either way, appreciate you and your time, and I'm looking forward to getting back together with you guys soon. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. See you later. Alrighty, take it easy. And hey, look, we want to say one final goodbye to our audience. You guys for jumping aboard, being with us on the conversation today. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, maybe you benefited from any bit of the conversation today. Do us a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the show, whichever platform that you checked us out on today. And then of course, share this information with friends and family, anybody that you think would benefit from these tax related discussions. We've got some great, great topics lined up for you in future episodes that we would hate to have you miss out on. A lot of beneficial information regarding the tax world packed into these conversations. So be sure to always check back into the Bryson Law Firm Facebook page for updates on when our next live streamer episode will be dropping. So for Carrie and Angie, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you being with us on today's edition of Talking Tax.